my life had changed so much since I had been home. I'd gone into yoga and Mm. eating organic and and just taking care of myself. And I started just to have a different perspective on life. And then after my mom, I, I started to explore more spirituality and my purpose and just started to question like, well, why am I what am I waiting for? And what am I, like all the things that I was afraid of, like afraid of failing, afraid of being judged, afraid of looking stupid, like all those things that people fear, right? They just didn't matter. Like when I looked at it in the big picture, like, does that, who cares? Hi there, this is Christina. And the episode I have for you today with Crystal Bauer is so good. Firstly, she is a wealth of knowledge and is extremely educated when it comes to health and wellness. We recorded this a couple months ago, so listening to it again was such a treat, and there are so many intuitive things happening with this episode. So the plan was to release this last week, but instead I re-released a self-care reminder rerun based on an intuitive decision I received about creative boundaries and self-care because I've been experiencing some burnout and exhaustion. And actually, Crystal touches on that directly in this episode and why we don't have to make sacrifices to pursue our dreams, that we can truly have intentions to source our energy for our lives from a place of joy. So hearing that again really hit home for me, and I hope it does for you too. And just a fun detail... I asked Crystal in this episode how she found the name for her company, Live Greatly, and she explains it came to her in a meditation and that the number 11 is very important to her, which it is very much for me as well. And she discovered that the words Live Greatly have 11 letters in them, and so it was a no-brainer to make that the name. Well, it turns out that today, the day I decided to edit this episode and record this intro, is on month 11, November on the 11th day, which would not have happened if I released it last Monday as planned. So I hope you enjoy this packed episode as much as I do. Here is my conversation with Crystal Bauer of Live Greatly. Hi, welcome back. I am Christina Barcy, your host. This is Be Bold Begin, the podcast designed to help you find your purpose and get out of your own way with creative tools and tips. And we're not alone today. I have a wonderful guest with me that is going to inspire you. She's going to motivate you and educate you through her journey in health and wellness as she overcame fears and leaned into the power of mindset. So we're going to get into all of that. Her name is Crystal Bauer. Welcome, Crystal. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, we're excited to have you. So we had the pleasure of being introduced twice <laughs> through right? two mutual friends on the same day, I think it was, right? It was very like synchronistic. Yeah. There was, I think I emailed you and then someone else introduced us via email. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Heather Monahan, who is one of my clients, connected us through email first. So shout out to Heather. She has a really great podcast called Creating Confidence. If anyone wants some great empowerment and really great tips, check her out as well. She's kind of a powerhouse. But we were first introduced through Heather. And then I think a couple hours later that same morning, Allison Marino also connected us through email, which Allison, shout out to her, is a good friend of mine who I also partner with on some projects. Her agency is called Lipstick and Vinyl. She has a podcast ad agency. So if anyone's looking for that, 
definitely check her out. She's amazing. But she connected us the second time that day. Yes. Right. <laughs> and that, yeah. And then Shana, Shana mm-hmm. Bianchi was in that email as well. And the three of us jumped on that Zoom call yep. and just clicked away. And I, I mean, yep. I thought it was great. So Me too. here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am going to formally introduce you now. Wonderful. Crystal Bauer, PAC. Can you tell us what that means? Sure. Position Assistant Certified. Awesome. Thank you. Started Live Greatly to inspire others to awaken to their ultimate potential. Crystal is a female entrepreneur in wellness, keynote speaker, and podcast host sharing a unique and inspiring message with the world. After years of practicing traditional medicine, loved one's stage four cancer diagnosis awakened a burning desire in Crystal to explore and examine what wellness truly means. As an integrative medicine fellow, physician assistant, and Reiki master, she founded Live Greatly to share her findings on how best to achieve optimal health in mind, body, and spirit and attain success. Crystal's mission is to bridge the gap between conventional Western medicine and integrative and holistic healing modalities, including meditation and mindfulness. She showcases her knowledge and expertise through her podcast series, Live Greatly, and is a believer that mindset is everything, and she strives to push past the boundaries of fear to live fully from a place of love and joy. I love that. Thank you so much. I concur with the mindset is everything. I completely believe that any of our listeners, if you've listened to any other episode, they know that that is what this is all about here as well. So you're in the right place. Yeah, that's great. You know, I feel like what you believe really can lead to what you become and what you put out in the world. And I found that connection between the mind and body too in practice is just so powerful. Agreed. Yes. So we're going to get into that. I have so many things I want to ask you just based on that bio, but- I particularly want to know about your journey with overcoming fear and leaning into holistic practices or what we call integrative practices. Mm-hmm. But first, can you define integrative yeah. integrative medicine for me? Sure, I'm happy to. So I um, am a fellow in the Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine through the University of Arizona. Andrew Weil is an MD. He's kind of like the guru, I guess, of integrative medicine. If you haven't seen Andrew Wiley, he's got like a big white beard and that might put the picture in some people's heads, but he's wonderful. And this program really is for people who've already been trained medically. So I'm with a lot of MDs and the only PAs, nurse practitioners, and it's to help provide more tools to help people. And really what you're trying to do is treat the whole person. So what I found, I, I worked in traditional, I guess I say traditional, but Western medicine for quite a while. And I felt, I felt limited sometimes because I felt like you're really treating the problem. People come to you and, and a lot of times you're giving them a medication and sometimes, you know, that doesn't work or has side effects. And I I felt like there needs to be more. So what I like about integrated medicine is it can utilize Western medicine and all those modalities if needed, but it's also looking to support a person, you know, mentally and with their mind and with their spirit and with their environment. And it's looking at all the different things that impact health. And they can pull from, let's say someone's getting treated for cancer. Maybe they're getting chemo, maybe they're getting radiation, but then also then you can look at nutrition and incorporate, you know, a nutritionist. You could look at acupuncture. You can look at mind body therapies like meditation, mindfulness, hypnosis. So it's really looking at how can we most support this person in all those areas again, mind, body, spirit, and all the rest of it. I love that. So that just brings up 
so many more questions because we've all been in a doctor's office, right? And there's always this moment where I feel like, don't you want to ask me why I'm having this problem? Yeah. Is that part of integrative medicine as well? Is that the journey? And and then putting together a better plan that's more full, like rounded, I would say. Yes. And really what I have found personally is that, you know, your, your lifestyle and um, your environment and your mindset, you know, that those things have such a profound impact on your health. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you're in that like rushed appointment, if you only have 15 minutes and then, you know, they're trying to treat your problem, right? Cause they think that's how people have been trained and that's what you're there for. Sometimes those other things get missed. And, you know, what's, what's happening in your personal life? What's happening in your career? Are you feeling drained? Are you managing your stress? Are you sleeping? What's your diet like? I mean, I feel like so many things could be improved at such a drastic level if people just looked at their diet. So there's just, Mm. it's looking at more of how are you living your life and trying to, to provide support and guidance for people with, with that approach. And then it also looks at like vitamins and nutrients and supplements, but I also have experience in functional medicine. So I was working in functional medicine and integrative psychiatry. And that is more like getting to the root cause and and using testing. So it's like using um, nutrition, nutritional testing and vitamin panels and, you know, Mm -hmm. talking about gut health. And so there's this world of like functional medicine and then this world of integrated medicine. And I think there's some overlap, at least when I practiced, I practiced incorporating a little bit of both. So do you have the liberty to do that as you're practicing to choose and pull from your expertise essentially without there being limitations? Because sometimes I wonder, let's say when I do have a really great doctor that does ask more questions, sometimes I still feel like they want to take more of that and, and include it yeah. and somehow it still doesn't quite happen. And I'm curious, I always wanted to ask this, if there are rules against that in certain offices and if there's more liberties in others when you subscribe to something like integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, I think a lot of doctors are not confident enough to make those recommendations because they haven't had the proper training, Mm -hmm. especially with supplements. Like, you know, I could go in now and I could talk to my primary care and be like, oh, I want to start the supplement. And I would know more about it than they do because I have access to the databases. I've been trained in it. Mm -hmm. And they just don't have that in hospital-based systems. And it's just not... I mean, I, I take that back because some hospital-based systems now have integrative areas or integrative clinics, but that's where you would want to go. I think if you're talking to someone and more about supplements, mm. because you do want to talk to someone who's trained, but it definitely depends on the practice. Cause if you're not supported, then, you know, as a practitioner, somewhere. it's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to feel confident making those recommendations for your patient. So it just depends on where you're going. I, was fortunate. I was supported in the practice that I was in, the doctor that I was working with, where I had the liberty to learn and to, you know, we had all the supplements there and I was trained and I knew what I was doing, but yeah, I think it's hard. Like when I, again, when I go to my primary care now, like they, they don't have all that insight. So it's almost like a systemic change that would need to infiltrate our usual doctor's offices for the support to back up the education maybe if someone has it. Right. You know, and my mom, like when she went through her, her journey with, with cancer and we, like when she first got diagnosed, we got her in to see an integrative, an integrated doctor through North shore. And the wait was over a year. Oh, wow. Over a year. And I was lucky. I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I, I think I know somebody who might be able to, 
know, know them. And so I put in a call and I left a message like, well, I used to work at North Shore. Anyway, you know, I tried to kind of pull all my connections to see, can we get her in? So we, yeah. someone I think canceled and they got her in that week. Thank goodness. Oh, wow. But I think also like the availability of it can be tricky. And is it, is it that it's just limited people doing it, like limited places to go? So the waits are really long? Yeah, the trick is just like finding uh, someone who knows what they're doing and has availability. And I think getting recommendations from people uh, is really helpful. The University of Arizona's website with, uh, through their fellowship, they also have a list of like who's been certified. And, and that yeah. is something to look into as well. Like what's their training? You know, are they credible? Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. And in that resource, is that, is that national, what they have listed, or is it regional? Oh, it's a good question. I think it's whoever's graduated their program. And I have people, I mean, there are people okay. from out of the, out of the U.S. who have graduated. So I would assume, but I, I'm okay. not sure. Okay. Well, we can just put the link in and see yeah. for people and they can do that research. Right. So you talked a little bit about, and I, I think right now too, stress is a huge factor that's impacting our health, how we feel even it's just in the background a lot for a lot of us, mm -hmm. if we've gotten used to it, especially lifestyle things of that nature. I just wanted, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but I noticed on your website, you have this pop-up for a, a stress management tips for the overachiever, yes. which I think is really cool <laughs> because it's so specific. Do you consider yourself an overachiever? Yes, I do. So it's all things that I have had experience with and things that I also recommended uh, to patients when I was practicing clinically. That makes sense. I make a lot of things that I'm experiencing and then convert it for others that may relate to that. So that makes perfect sense. I related to it right away. I was like, oh, I need this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that being said, with the nature of 2020, Mm -hmm. Are you, are you for yourself using your background to help manage the, the life that we're all living right now, which mm -hmm. is just a little, a little or a lot, depending on who you are more stressful. A hundred percent. You know, like anyone else, I have great days. I have some crummy days and things in between, but the things that I've been able to incorporate have helped keep me grounded especially when there's so much fear. I actually did a post yesterday, which I found really fascinating. I was looking at some research, how anxiety and stress is contagious mm -hmm. and that word contagious, you know, you think about like COVID or <laughs> the flu, you know, a lot of times we don't think about emotions, but people's, the way people feel and act, we are empathetic beings. Like we can pick up on that. And we have mirror neurons where we can respond to people's emotions and it impacts us. So if you're around someone, you're around people who are really high stress or high anxiety, it can rub off, rub off on you and it can impact you, the way you feel. And also the way you're acting can impact the people that you're around. So it's mm -hmm. really like our own personal responsibility to take care of ourselves and to think about how we're showing up in the world for our families, for our communities, at our workplaces, all of it. But for me, what helps me every day, I meditate and I wake up in the morning and I take time. It's not a lot, maybe 10 minutes. And we have a sunroom and I'll go in the sunroom and I have my spot and it's the same spot. So as soon as I go there, I, I feel like, ah, like I just, mm. I know like, okay, this is my time. And I sit and sometimes I'll do music. Sometimes it'll just be silent and I just breathe. Sometimes I'll like 
put out to the universe what I need help with or what, you know, whatever it is, I'll set Mm -hmm. some intentions for how I want to show up in the world, what I want to accomplish, how I want to be, do I want to show up like happy, excited, you know, and then I kind of do my thing with the kids and get everybody going. And then I go for a run. And that nice. huge. Cause then I feel like, okay, I've got this. I've got my time. I've been outside because outdoor being outside is so important. So yeah, those are like my grounding things I do every day. And then also practicing gratitude, journaling, but getting outside right now, like if you can, I think is so important because it does really impact your mood. And even with my kids, I'm like, we have to get outside every day because mm-hmm. it's just so important for your mental health to like get out. I agree. Do you have any details as to why being outside helps us? Yeah. You know, there's research about it. I mean, there's like the spiritual aspect of things, right? And then there's also like kind of that analytical piece, but there's been research that shows like something called, I think it's like Shrinken, I forget the full name of it, but it's Mm -hmm. forest bathing. And yeah. yeah. And there's you know, research to show it supports well-being and can reduce stress. And they talk about like, is it because maybe something that trees give off or like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then there's also some research that shows even like grounding where you're walking barefoot outside, mm-hmm. that has a positive Im- impact on, you know, your overall yes, well-being. The, it's the connection with the skin on the, the earth. I think it's also yes. called earthing. Yes. Earthing, grounding, right? So all these things that, you know, sometimes people hear and they're like, whatever, that's like woo woo or, you know, but there's actual science too. So I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we dismiss like what we intuitively know, like we can feel, I don't know though, but you look at animals, like animals know what they need. Like they can feel it, they can sense it. So I think, you know, us too, like we can feel and sense what we need Mm -hmm. and I know personally, like if I'm stressed and then I've been outdoors and I go for a hike, I feel better. You're by the water. Yeah. You feel better, you know? I agree. Yeah. And then I can attest to that. I, a lot of my listeners know I had two concussions last year, which I am still sort of, I still have a lot of symptoms for that. And this year I, it just made me more sensitive in a lot of ways. And one of those things is to electronics and stress and being indoors as well. And I noticed that as soon as I eliminate those couple of things and I go outside, my, I physically feel completely different. So it's, really hard to believe that that's not true because I would be saying, well, that's not really happening. I don't really feel that way, but it's so debilitating after a certain amount of time that it, it's, it is happening. And I know what it's correlated with now because I've been experiencing this for about a year and a half, I'd say. So it's interesting. I'm not, I mean, it sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of feeling bad, (laughs) but it forces me to pay attention and to take to take better care and to also change things about my lifestyle so that I can eliminate those things that I wouldn't have even noticed before. Well, I'm sorry you went through that, that thanks. Thanks. But at the same point, you're right. Like I feel like all those life events that are stressful, when you look back, it's like, okay, well you can take something positive from it. You can say like, okay, well I learned or I grew or something happened and that pushed me to, you know, fill in the blank. But definitely the lighting indoors, the electronics indoors, they, they impact us. You know, there's so many things that we can't see. It doesn't mean they don't exist. Like it's, you know, all that stuff, you know, the blue lights from your phone and from your computers that affects melatonin. And there's so many different 
pieces. But when you're outside too, I'm going to pull in kind of that spiritual aspect. So when I was trained in Reiki, I was trained by a Native American shaman and, you know, she presented it as everything's energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the trees are, have energy and the rocks have energy and the flowers have energy and there's the sun energy. And you want to synchronize yourself with nature and that brings you to a place of peace. And you synchronize your breath with nature by looking at the trees or looking at, you know, looking at the water and that helps kind of clear your energy field and it helps just kind of, I guess, raise your vibration and makes you feel more uplifted and open and better. So that's kind of a spiritual viewpoint from it. I love that. And, and for those listening who get turned off by the word spiritual, you don't necessarily have to feel that way. We all have nature in our lives. And if you want to connect with your pet or going outside on a very basic level, it's the same transformation that you'll feel energetically regardless of what you feel want to yep. call it. And I, I'm, I'm a Reiki practitioner as well. Everything's energetic. We're all energetic beings and everything that is man-made is technically energetic too, because it came from this yes. world, right? Yeah. yeah I, I agree. I'm always careful with when I use the word spiritual. And that's why I like to talk about the kind of scientific piece too, because some people that's what, that's what they really resonate with. I mean, whatever resonates with you go with it because I feel like we're here for different purposes. We resonate with different things and what resonates with me may not resonate with someone else, but there's so many different ways to look at it. And it really comes down to paying attention to how you feel. So if you're outside, you're going to feel better. And I feel like that's just around the board. Like if you're spending time outside, it's going to help with your mood. I agree. And, and for those of you that are spiritual, I think Reiki is a great thing to look into. It really connected me to my spirituality again and what I believe and, and it just improved my life so much on so many levels. Mm -hmm. So if that's something someone who's listening is interested in, I I say, you know, investigate. And if if you feel like a vibrant energy from this conversation, I think go dive in and, and learn more. So talking about how we feel and, and a little bit about transformation. So you have a, you have a family, you have some kids, right? Can you tell me a little bit about your family? Yeah, I have a five-year-old son and then I have a nine-year-old daughter. They're wonderful and they're married and yeah, we're really lucky. We have a lot of family around in the area and yeah, I'm just very blessed. And where are you in, in the United States? Yeah. So we are North of Chicago. So we're in Illinois. Yeah. In Illinois. So you were practicing medicine and then did you stay home with your kids when you had your first, your nine-year-old? I did. Yeah. So I stayed home. So I was going through kind of like a job transition and I was interviewing when I knew I was pregnant, but I wasn't showing yet. So I was like, okay, what do I want to do? And that I'd always thought I was going to work. I never thought I was going to stay home. But then all of a sudden that like maternal instinct, I don't know, kicked in. I was like, but I want to, I want to be home. I don't want to miss it. And we were fortunate to be in a situation where I could do that. So I ended up being home for, let me think about this now, for six years. So with my daughter and then we had our son and it was, it was wonderful like to be able to experience that and be home. And I went from, I was working in plastic surgery, did a little dermatology. And originally I was pediatric pulmonary. So I was working with kids who had cystic fibrosis and you know asthma. So I had been in a bunch of different fields. And I thought at that time, like, okay, well, kind of lost that zest for it. I felt like kind of burnt out with the traditional 
medical model. And I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to be home and I don't, I don't think I want to go back. And then, you know, after my mom got diagnosed with cancer, I like got my medical brain working again. And so that and, sparked the interest to want to solve yeah. the problem and, and help her. Right. Yeah. And then like the investigation of, okay, well, there's more than just like traditional Western medicine. And I had gotten, I'd just been exposed to Reiki, like right around that time. I had, my life had changed so much since I had been home. I'd gone into just like yoga and Mm. eating organic and and just taking care of myself. You know, when I was younger, I was like, whatever. And I started just to have a different perspective on life. And then after my mom, I, I started to explore more spirituality and my purpose and just started to question like, well, why am I what am I waiting for? And what am I, like all the things that I was afraid of, like afraid of failing, afraid of being judged, afraid of looking stupid, like all those things that people fear, right? Mm -hmm. They just didn't matter. Like when I looked at it in the big picture, like, does that, who cares? Like, you know, my mom's going through all of this. Like who cares if I feel embarrassed or who cares if I like go for it and it doesn't work out? Like that doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm putting myself out there I'm trying to share my talents and discover and explore and make the most out of my life. So it really pushed me to, I guess, push out of my comfort zone. Can you tell me exactly what it was that you were wanting to pursue that you were having to overcome these fears around? I just felt like, you know, I didn't want to do Western medicine. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll try and get into integrative medicine, but I didn't know any PAs who were doing it. I'd been home for six years. So I hadn't kept up my license. I was like, how could I, you know, all those questions, like how would I get back into the field now and like doing something totally different? And I haven't been trained in that, you know, like all those thoughts that, that, you know, happen, but I just was like, okay, I'm going to go for it. So I started looking and it worked out where there was a position in integrated psychiatry. It worked with my schedule. We hit it off and I was able to reinstate my license and, get trained. And I kind of jumped in like head first into this. So it was learning a lot really, really fast. Mm. And then I did that for a couple of years. And what I've learned about myself is the one-on-one clinical care for me, it, it just is not, I, I, it's too draining for me. So as I'm like telling people to take care of yourself and to manage your stress and helping people kind of awaken to their passion and their purpose, I also realized that I tend to kind of like take on. So when I was like hearing all the struggles and the um, difficulties and the kind of like we talked about stress and anxiety being contagious, right? But when I was around that all the time, I really could feel it. Mm. And I and I would go home and I would really feel that pain and that suffering and that sorrow that people were experiencing. And I wanted to help them, but you can give people the tools, but you can't always fix everyone's problems, right? People need to do it for themselves. Nor should you. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. I have to say this because it was so impactful to me when I heard this for the first time. And it was actually my Reiki master who said it, which blew my mind. And she said, you know, I would never want to take someone's pain from them. Hmm. It's like, what? <laughs> but we're in a healing yeah. window. What are you talking about? Yeah. And it sat and I thought about it and I thought about it. And she was like, no, that's their journey. Like pain exists for us to elevate and, and improve our lives and for us to become better. 
And that's mm-hmm. part of the journey. And I was like, oh, so we can like help people and be a part of that in the best ways as they seek us out and as it's receptive, right? But right. try to fix anyone or take something away, take that away from them. You're stalling their growth. Mm-hmm. Not you, but like by trying to fix someone. Right. I thought that yeah. was so interesting. That's really powerful. And I, I, I agree with that. And I think it's more like you want to hold the space for the person to help them awaken to whatever they need to awaken to. Sure. Yeah. You know? And I, I think at the time it was, I wanted, I just, I really felt like that was where I, where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be helping these people and they, they needed it. And I, I felt like I needed to do that. And I kind of ignored, I was like pushing to the side that I was feeling really depleted. I was like, well, I'm doing all the things like I'm eating really well. I'm meditating. I'm doing all this. But when you're doing all those things, if there's still something that is like off balance in your life, things aren't going to be the way they should be. So once I realized like, okay, this just isn't, this isn't the right fit for me. You know, I think clinical practice for me, like it's just not my calling. Mm. And that was kind of a a weird moment because I felt like that's what I've been trained for for so long. Right. It's tough. Um, making those realizations. Yeah. But it was really powerful because it gave me permission to like think outside the box. Mm -hmm. And I really like tuned into what I needed. And I think that's like a big part of self-love, right? Is like not listening to everything outside yourself about what you should do, but going inward and really like doing that self-discovery. And for me, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to change gears here. I just really like teaching because I've been doing some teaching at Roslyn Freeman University. And I was like, okay, now was when I just, I left and then I started Live Greatly. And I was like, okay, I like the idea of sharing this message on a wider scale, like with teaching, with lecturing, and that not on the one-on-one clinical, but more on like all this wonderful information I have to share on this different platform. So that was such a, like a wonderful Mm -hmm. eye-opening experience for me. That's a big experience you just summarized really quickly and well. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then I started this giant brand called Live Greatly. And yes. here I am. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of love that because it's it, it sometimes feels really good to be on the other side of, of such a big change. And be yeah. like, here we are. You know, this is what I am now. But what? why did you call it Live Greatly? What What is the big vision for it? If you can share that with us. Ooh, I'll tell you my story about Live Greatly. So I was meditating and I was like, okay, what do I want for a name? And the number 11 just like had meaning for me. And I was like, oh, I really like the idea of having something that has 11 letters. And I just sat in meditation and literally like that popped in my head. And I was like, let me count. I was like, oh, and I like that. And so that was like, it was that simple. And I was like, let me look and see if it's available. It's available. Awesome. Oh my God. There we go. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. And so then it was really about, I have this insights to share and all that I've learned and all this knowledge. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start speaking. I've been lecturing and teaching and I wanted to start kind of sharing that on a, on a wider scale and then the podcast. So started my podcast and I'm growing. So now it's like, okay, doing consulting and the speaking. And then I'm doing, I'm making a course, an eight week course to help people with the video every day to kind of awaken to their passion, to optimize their well being. And what I've really kind of discovered is something I'm extremely passionate about is helping people realize that they don't have to sacrifice on their way to achieving success. 
because I think people do that. And I always, I kind of grew up, I don't know what that in the back of my head, like you have to sacrifice to get what you are dreaming of, like sacrifice, sacrifice in school, yeah. sacrifice. It's the social and, rhetoric. We we're taught that. And yeah. even in relationships, people say all the time, oh, you have to make sacrifices. I hate that word. I know. I, agree. Like, I don't want to say, I don't think you need to sacrifice yeah. anything. I think you can collaborate. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I, go ahead. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like that word, it just, it rubs me the wrong way because I feel me. like, okay, but you're like, I guess maybe it's because I've, I've felt burnt out and I felt depleted and I've experienced the flip side of that mm -hmm. where I'm like, no, but that's not the way to do it. Because when you sacrifice and then you're depleted, then you're not showing up as the best version of yourself. Yeah, and, you're empty. Oh, you, you can't, you can't Right. So it doesn't make sense. And in the healthcare profession, that was ingrained in the training of, okay, like you've got to sacrifice for your patients. Okay. And like, you've got to stay up, you know, you've got to do the night shift. You got to do it. Okay. You're going to have to work late. Like you're going to have to sacrifice sleep. You're going to have to study like that idea of sacrifice, I think is just in schools and then also with employees. And then on the flip side, working in integrative psychiatry, I saw so many people who are miserable because mm. they had been sacrificing and sacrificing and sacrificing. And then they achieve whatever goal they were trying to achieve and they're not happy. And then it's over. The goal moment is over. Yeah. I mean, you're happy for what? Like, I don't know. It's moments. Yeah. yeah like, it's moments. Hey. Yeah. That was a big game changer for me, understanding that that's how it works, that it's truly about the process. Mm -hmm. And the goals are just, you're, as soon as you're done with one goal, you're immediately working on the next one anyway. Right. So it's kind of like this difficult thing that you really have to enjoy the process. I love what you, in your bio that I read when you said live fully from a place of love and joy, that that's possible. And I love that as, as your mission in a way to, to get that word out that, that that's yeah. possible. And that's really, I mean, I think that's what I'm striving for. So it's kind of my intentions every day is like, that's how I want to show up in the world. And it comes down to checking in with myself a lot. Because I think I spent a lot of my life looking outside of myself for answers and looking outside of myself for like validation and not really owning my power. You know, mm -hmm. I think I, for a while, I kind of like gave it away. Like everyone's telling me, this is what you should be doing. And this is how you should be thinking. And now it's really about, okay, well, I need to listen to myself. I need to tune into myself. How do I want to show up? Who do I want to be? what's possible for me? Because if you can believe that it's possible for yourself, it is, you know? So it's really about knowing what do you need? What do you want? What do you desire instead of looking outside of yourself for that? Agreed. Yeah. I, I think that's a powerful message for, and it's, it takes some time sometimes for that to land inside our hearts for us to believe it. Mm -hmm. But if you even practice saying things like that to yourself, even if you don't believe them for a while, eventually you start to believe them. And I think that maybe ties back to what you were saying about how we respond to others. I think we can mirror ourselves that way too through language. And I think it works. I mean, that's the basis of affirmations, right? It's to try to, Yeah. I mean, that's part I, of it. I think it's also like, see how it feels. Like, does it resonate with you? Like, do you feel empowered when you say those affirmations or and is it like, that's a good point. Cause some, one affirmation that works for me might not work for you. And yeah. maybe it's the same energetic thing we're trying to accomplish, but you have to find one that works for you. 
Yeah, exactly. That makes you feel good. So that's, I guess, what I, I always come back to is like, I don't like making like blanket statements anymore for people where it's like, this is the best diet, or this is the thing you have to do, or these yeah. are the steps. It's more, okay, I'm going to tell you what's worked for me. I'm going to tell you what I've learned and then see what resonates. Take yes. what works and leave the rest, right? So it's mm-hmm. about finding out on your own what really works for you and, and tuning into your own inner guide, which we all have. Yeah. So that said, so for someone who's wanting, who's feeling something that they want to change, maybe they really loved the idea of getting rid of sacrifice or finding a way to have what you want and still feel good and and manage that. What would you suggest would be a first step to get started and on that kind of path? Ooh, set an intention. So intentions are so powerful and they are really profound. And there's actually research behind intentions as well. So research behind intentions, there were these gorilla experiments. I don't know. Have you ever heard of the gorilla experiments? No. Do you Uh have time to tell us? Yeah. Yeah. They're so fun. Okay. So gorilla experiments, they had a group of people watch a video of uh, people playing basketball. And they told the people watching the video to pay attention to how uh, often the team, and I think it was like the white colored jersey, how often they passed the ball. So the people watching the video had their intention. They were focused on this one thing. And in the middle of the video, someone dressed in a gorilla costume walked by. And I've seen the video, like it's, I mean, I knew the gorilla costume was coming, but like, it's a big gorilla costume. Like you would think a hundred percent of people would see it because it's like walks right through the video. And at the end, they found out how many people they asked, how many people saw the person in the gorilla costume. And it was only 50%. 50% of people missed it. So, and there was, there's another one as well, but that's with a, a different setup, but it goes to show that we miss a lot. And if you don't have the right intentions for yourself, for your life, you can miss a lot of opportunities that are there that you're just not looking for. So I would say start by setting intentions and kind of getting someplace quiet to tune into like, what are you hoping for? And if you're not sure, it's maybe it's clarity. Maybe you're hoping for, for clarity because if you set that intention, then it's going to be on your radar. Your brain's going to be looking for maybe it's the perfect book or that whatever it may be, but you're going to then have that on your radar to look for it. And then on the spiritual sense, there's also the idea that, you know, you're supported by the universe and et cetera. So that would be where I would start would be setting intentions. I love that. It's simple. It's actionable. We can do it every day. We can do it multiple mm-hmm. times and it can change. I want people to know it can change. I've, I've done Reiki sessions where I'm like, okay, tell me your intention. And then I give them permission to change it in the middle of their session mm-hmm. if they want, and then I'll pick up on it and it'll be fine. Yeah. And that has happened and I felt it happen and switch. And because the way Reiki works for me, I, I receive it too. And then we compare at the end and realize that it was, that we all had the same moments, which is just a really cool thing. really cool. Yeah. So what are you working on now? Can you tell us? Yeah. So I have my podcast, my Live Greatly podcast. That's a lot of fun. And I'm also going to be launching that eight week course in the next week or two, which I'm really pumped about. So by the time this gets released, it might already be out. So people can go on my website, which is www.livegreatly.co. And then there will be a link on there for it. I did a video every day for over the eight weeks and they're short videos, something meant to be watched in the morning to give you an intention to focus, something to help you with optimizing your well-being and really finding fulfillment, you know, in your life. So I'm excited about that. 
That's amazing. Yeah. That and that's really also great. available for consulting and mentoring and speaking. And you can learn what, more about that on my website. I know you talked about as a whole, what you do specifically for consulting. What are you consulting on? Yeah. So really it's employee wellness, well-being, improving performance. So with universities, businesses, that would be the the main organizations. But then also like I've talked with people who are producing like wellness apps and, you know, things like that. So I'm, I'm pretty broad, but really topics about optimizing well-being, improving performance. Those are the kind of top things that I would say I'm available for, for consulting and then mentoring, you know, awakening to your passion. I'm not, I don't consider myself a health coach, so I'm not doing any coaching or anything like that, but I do mentoring like on an hourly basis, really kind of targeted, but it's individualized based on what the person is looking to achieve. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. So you mentioned the website. Is there any other space where people can find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and it's uh, livegreatly underscore CO. And then I'm on Facebook at livegreatly.co. Awesome. And then LinkedIn too. People are on LinkedIn. You can follow me there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation and I think that people are going to really take away a lot. So I appreciate you so much for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Be Bold Begin. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so as not to miss an episode. So the best way to ensure you get all the new episodes is by subscribing. Help us build a positive community by joining the Facebook group, also called Be Bold Begin. I'll be checking it daily to answer and acknowledge any of your questions and comments. Stay positive and safe out there.